bless you Amen. with the freedom. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I, we're going we're gonna to participate in just a minute. I'm going to give you two little testimonies, um, personal ones. Uh, and then we need, uh, I want us just to stand and we're just going to pray in the spirit for a little bit for two particular people because uh, there's a breakthrough needed. One testimony uh, was, was, I have no idea when this happened, okay? But last Sunday, I, I was not feeling great, and I wasn't here, and, and um, Nathan Jen came back, and everybody came back home after the meeting. And apparently Avril had been limping a little bit and hobbling because she had a Veruca. And so, so we're kind of doing a comparison now. Nate says, oh, I've got a couple of things on the bottom of my foot. So, so he says, little, little dot things on the bottom of my foot. And I, and I said, oh, that's nothing, mate. Oh, that's nothing, man. I, I, you want to see my Veruca. Okay? Yeah, no, no, you want to see my Veruca. Now, I don't know how long I have, I've had this Veruca. Okay, I have had this for a long time. And being as someone who's fairly athletic and sporty, the soles of your feet take a bit of a battering. And I would sometimes sit in the bath with a bit of pumice stone and have a right old go, you know. And I would rebuke this thing. I would command it off me, you know, and for years I've had this Veruca. So Sunday, Nate says, no, no, i got these dots on it. Off comes the sock, and it's like, yeah, there, look, they've got these little dots. That is nothing, mate. Look at this. Off comes the sock, foot on the table. What? What, what are we? It's gone. <laughs> it's gone, and I didn't even know it's gone. I have inspected it under very good light. I've had madly. Bring your leg over here. You know, it's gone. Praise God, it's gone. That's testimony number one. Testimony number two was was over the last few months, probably five months. There's there's been an issue going on in my life, and I have been aware that when God starts doing something, it's very easy to get tunnel vision on the thing, and it's like. Deal with this God, deal with this God, deal with this. And he's doing all these other things around about in our lives and in the lives of people near to us and stuff. And, you know, I, I have said this before. Uh, I, I am by nature not a, uh, not a fearful person at all. Uh, I enjoy a bit of risk. I love parachute jumping. I did three parachute jumps. I, I love, I've loved motorbikes in the past. I've... Uh, I've I'm not a fearful person. If stuff starts going a bit funny, I don't get too anxious about stuff. Stuff generally will work out, and, and, and I've got a God who's really great. But I had one fear, I, and I was honest about it, and I would, I would say it. I have, there is a fear in my life, and I have one fear. That fear, I, I, I had been praying through a few issues, and I was aware of this fear, and I dealt with it with the Lord. I'd given it to the Lord. And at ten past, no, sorry, at, at, yeah, at ten past three on, on January the 10th, I woke up in the morning, and the first thing I knew, I haven't got that fear anymore. It was not a life-crippling fear, but I, I knew. The moment I woke up, it came into my mind, you're free, the fear's gone. And I am completely free of the fear. I consciously know that one. 
Because he's not given us a spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. So two little testimonies from my own life. One is, yes, I can tell you the exact time God set me free. And the other one, I have absolutely no idea when he set me free. But he did. I haven't inspected the soles of my feet for a long time. And So what I want us to do, there are two people I'd like us to just stand together. And we're just going to pray in the spirit into this situation. Okay? One of them is a guy I play five-a-side with. I'm so blessed with these guys I played five aside. We were out for curry last night, and one of them came up to me, and and he, he knows certain issues that have been going on with other guys' lives in the group, and uh, and he came up to me and he said, you know, we're sat in Weatherspoons sinking a couple of beers, and he said, you know, you and Kevin Andy, you, you've really challenged me. And he said, my mum used to go along to a Baptist church, which she, uh, she still does. And, and I used to go till I was about 10. And he said, but you guys, your lives have really challenged me. And, you know, I'm praying every day. And hey, he's praying every day. Lovely bloke. Supports West Ham, but I'm sure the Lord has set him free from that. <laughs> there is hope, isn't there, Leo? I'm sure there's. <laughs> and, and, um, but, yeah, you know, so suddenly you just find your life is just rubbing against people a little bit. And he, and he said to me, his actual, actual words were to me, he said, because you never preach at us. So I said, well, come along tomorrow night. <laughs> Sit in the front row, I'll get right on you. So, anyway, there's a, one other guy who is, who is facing, so I'm not going to give you a name, I'm going to give you an initial. The initial is J, okay? I would really like us just to pray in the Spirit, because I don't know how to pray for him, but he does. And the other one is Kate. I sent an email through uh, yesterday, uh, the, yeah, the day before yesterday and yesterday, about her. She's had the operation. She doesn't know. I spoke to Richard, her husband. Uh, it's still all open. They had to go in and, and scrape infection away down to the bone. Okay? Uh, it's all still open. It's dressed, but the consultant has got to have a good look at it tomorrow and then sometime next week, depending, they'll close it all up. And, but she has various conditions in her body. I've fasted, I've been around, I've anointed her with oil, I've done, I've done a lot of stuff. And I, I get a little bit annoyed with the enemy. So, let's stand up together. Let's stand up, we're going to pray. For, the initial is J, okay? And Kate. And we're just going to start praying in the spirit, in a bit of spiritual warfare for these people, okay? And then we'll, when the Holy Spirit lifts off us, we'll stop. Thank you. Here we go. One, two, three, go. Thank you. 
Lord, in the name of Jesus, we just declare the Lordship, the Lordship of Jesus over Jay and over Kate. In Jesus' name, we release your power upon them. Lord, we ask you to continue to intercede through us. We come and cry, Hosanna. Lord, save us. We come and cry out on their behalf, Lord. We stand in that gap, Lord, and we cry out on their behalf for your breakthrough, for your anointing, for the power of your Spirit's touch upon them. In the name of Jesus to break off every, every snare, to break off every trap of the enemy, to break off every cloud of darkness, to, sh- to, to, to just blow it away in the name of Jesus. And Holy Spirit, we welcome you now. We welcome you now. We welcome you now. We thank you that we know these people. We thank you we have contact with these people. And we just release the fresh touch of the anointing of God upon them, the glory the glory of God to touch them, the glory of God to touch them, your, your manifest presence to touch them, Lord, because you love them, because you love them, because you love them. And Lord, thank you that sometimes when we choose to, to stand in the gap and choose to partner with you on behalf of others, we receive our own miracle too, Lord. And we just thank you. We thank you, thank you, thank you for your finished work. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. Hallelujah. Oh, boy. Right. Right. Salvation and righteousness. Salvation and righteousness. Massive subjects, which I will now condense into 15 minutes. And uh, (laughs) sozo, to be saved, sozo, Greek word, sozo, spirit, soul, body, everything. Everything, total package. Well, I just need to lob this in just before I go on. You know, I truly believe that the leaders God has given us here are men and women of God. Absolutely believe it. I, I want to honor them and respect them. Truly, they are men and women of God. And they let in one or two other men and women. Like we've had Christina recently come in through and prophetically and moving. You know, if... If I was to say to you, you know, next Sunday, uh, be here, at, be here at, at half past ten because the Holy Spirit is going to be here and there's going to be a very specific word specifically for you. I bet you would come along and think, I'll tell you what, I think I'll take a pen and paper with me or I'll get my phone out to record it. Well, yeah, I really do believe that, that what comes 
from the people that stand up and speak here is the word of the Lord. And I would just encourage you, I have been challenged recently to scribble it down. What he says, scribble it down. See, when, you know, we could, because it's, sometimes it's like, oh, I love it when Cynthia speaks, you know, because they always do the rap. You know what I mean? The girls do the rap, and we have a lot of fun. And she, but, but, well, what did she say? Oh, yeah, no, I know it was good. I know, and we all joined in with the words. And write it down. Because if... Well done. You took notes, didn't you? You took notes, Heather. Use your gob to do the job. Just write down what God says to you. Because if God's speaking, really is worth keeping hold of that, isn't it? That's just my little aside. Okay. Good, good. That's fine. I'll, you know. By the way, great job, band. Great job. Okay. Uh, you know, the, one of the most significant things, I think, about salvation and righteousness. Salvation is this total, um, my whole life has been saved. It's an ongoing process. I was saved. I am being saved. And I will be saved. Okay? I'm, in, I, I, I'm a work in progress. We all are a work in progress. Um, and righteousness, just so that you all get it, because you've all heard it before, but righteousness is to be, to be justified, to be made just as if I'd never sinned. My past is dealt with. When he looks at me now, he does not see Mike the sinner. He sees Mike the son, the saint, the, the one who is redeemed and washed in the blood of Jesus. I can carry, therefore, no more shame and guilt about my past because I am clean and washed. And I am right before him. Thank you, Chris. I, I, am, I am absolutely right before him. I am clothed in his righteousness. I've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And, and I can now confidently approach his throne because of the blood of Jesus. It is actually nothing to do with anything I've done. But it is to do with the blood of Jesus. And I can confidently come to him. So there's Sozo, so it's saved. There's, there's righteousness. I've been justified. The great thing about salvation is that the more I look through this book, God is a God of instead. He, he, wherever you look through the book, have I suddenly gone loud? Okay. We're saved from something into something. It isn't just, oh, phewy, you're saved from hell. You know, I did come in to the, to the kingdom on a bit of a, my word, I've got to get, I gotta get sorted out with God. I, I, that was the, the gospel message I heard, and it was like, I need to sort myself out here. You know, I need God. Because I wasn't, I wasn't the best young man in growing up. And I was fully aware of stuff I had done wrong. And I did come, there was an element where I got to get right with God because there's a lot of rubbish that I need to, you know, deal with. But as I've gone on, I've begun to discover I got saved into something. And that's far better that I'm saved into something. Hell was never designed for us. You do know that, don't you? When, when Jesus was talking and, and he said... Yes, he's going to divide people up. Those, you know, because he's really, it's in Matthew, isn't it? Somewhere. 
I could probably hear Matthew 25. He's talking about where you saw me naked and you clothed me. I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was in prison and you visited me. And he says, those who did go into the heaven and those who didn't go to the other place. He actually says in that that you have to depart from me into the eternal fire, which was prepared for the devil and his angels. It was never prepared for us. It's just the one we choose to follow is the one, well, that's where we're going. So we choose to follow Jesus when we're going home, if we choose to follow the other guy. So it was never meant for us, but we are saved from hell. But more importantly is we're saved into. And all the way through the book, God is a God of instead. It says in, in Colossians 1.13, from he saved us, we were saved from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of his beloved son. Our favorite verse of the, whole, of the whole book, for God so loved the world, okay, that we should not perish, but have everlasting life. It wasn't just saved from perishing. It wasn't just, oh, you, oh, you got your ticket. There you go. You're saved. You've got your ticket. Now hang on and you'll get there in the end. No, he saved us into abundant life, into eternal life. Jesus, when he was, uh, where it prophesies of Jesus in, in Isaiah 61, his first, his first preach, when they decided they wanted to throw him off a cliff, was that when he said, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. And it's, it's go, it goes on, he says, to give him a garland instead of ashes, to give him the oil of joy instead of mourning. To give, it was an instead. It was an instead. It was an instead. It's, this is what you're experiencing. I've come to give you this instead. You're saved to know this instead. And he wants us to focus on that bit. Okay? Focus on the instead. What is it he's got for us? Saved from something for something. And you know, fundamentally, and this, this I'm having to just condense a load of stuff. John fourteen six, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And it isn't no, no one comes to heaven except through me, although that's true. Uh, it's no one comes to the Father. And the, the, I think the ultimate salvation was to restore us to the Father's heart. Trevor was here just a few weeks ago. Uh, Trevor Galpin, and and our identity, our security, uh, uh, just who we are is found in that relationship with Father, in that that intimate relationship with Father. Uh, I love Jesus very very much. I am eternally grateful for what He's done for me. I, when the Holy Spirit filled my life. I've never known a transformation like it. I have never known a transformation and a change like it. But something about when I'm intru- when I was introduced to the Father, it's like everything's okay now. You know, no matter what you face, Psalm 23 in recent months has become this default position I have now. It's such a tr- you know, it, it used to be, ah, uh, the old people like Psalm 23, didn't they? The old people like, be quiet. Now pack it in. Now pack it in. I'm just maturing now and realizing what they had. 
But recently, the Lord has taken me into Psalm 23. And, and, you know, it's hard to get back out of it. The Lord's my shepherd, I shall not want. He restores my soul. Oh, what is, you know, just unpack that a little bit. Set up camp on, on you know, go, in, go into those where, where he leads me besides still waters, quiet water, and he restores my soul. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. And if there's one fundamental, um, amazing foundation that just reassures you of whatever, it's I am with you. When it's all going off around me, when it's all going off in me, I am with you. Goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Whoa. And, oh, yeah. And we will dwell in the house of the Lord. I sometimes thought, well, you know, this house of the Lord, you get this funny image of, like, we call this, you know, some building. No, no, it's just where he is. You know, when uh, when Jacob was out running off from, from Esau and he, he, held, lays, he has a little camp and he uses a rock as a pillow. And he has the vision. And he calls the place, this is Bethel. This is, this is the house of God. This is where God is. It's an open heaven. It's like, and it's like wherever you are, God is. And, and we dwell in his presence. We dwell in his presence. And I have this default position now. Psalm 23. And he just says, come back. Come, come back to your roots, my boy. And, and settle your foundation. I'm with you. I'm with you. I am with you. I am with you. Now, I want to just share one other very brief. I just felt the Lord give me this word. Uh, and, and that's it for salvation and righteousness. You'll have to go and read about it yourself somewhere, I think. There was a, there was a word that I have just felt recently the Lord saying, the word, this is a word, patience, okay? Fruit of the Spirit. It is a weapon against the enemy. Any of the fruits of the Spirit will be a weapon against the enemy because it is the fruit of the Spirit. <laughs> so, so it's like, whoa. So, so patience. And those who through faith and patience inherit the, pr- the promises. No matter how, imp- how impossible, it's a little bit random this because I'm cramming it all in. But no matter how impossible the situation might appear or the promise might be to Abraham... The promise was pretty ridiculous, to be perfectly honest with you. I mean, don't think in pictures, but this is a 100-year-old bloke and a 90-year-old woman getting it on here, you know. (laughs) They're going to have a baby. (laughs) That is impossible. You know, when Mary, when the angel came and spoke to Mary, it's it's like, well, how is this going to happen? And I'm not even married. Do you know what I mean? I'm a virgin. How is this going to happen? And as well, Holy Spirit's going to overshadow you. It doesn't matter how impossible the thing is. There is a there is a place of faith and patience and and patience will wear the enemy down. I'm going to give you a little little. I was laying in bed the other day and the Lord reminded me of this story from my own life. OK, and I, I was I was chortling to use a sort of a dandy or a Beano word. I was chortling. But I'm going to tell you what I'm going to use an example from my own life of what patience isn't. okay? so that you will then forever be able to relate patience. Ah, sausages. Okay, you'll make a visual connection. 
I'm going to take you back to the summer of 76. Sorry? It was a boiling one. It was a heat wave summer. It was, some people must remember it with me. Fantastic summer. My kind of summer. That is my kind of summer. Now, I went on a camping trip with my dad and my younger brother. Now, this is the first real holiday I'd ever had with my dad. He would, we had a business before he had a business which he was very busy in. And he used to get Christmas Day off, but that's only because he worked, did two milk rounds on Christmas Eve. So this one, but then he, he, he stopped and he decided to do teacher training, change of career. And he had some holidays and that. So dad and my brother and I set off for a camping trip in Wales in a place called Randy Muin. No. Actually, we did hear a little bit of that from the field next door. But that was full of campers as well, so I don't know what was going on. So, Randy Muin, not far from Merthyr Tedville. So, so it's a, it was a great place, and there was a river running by, which was fed from a dam, and there was a, there was a hydroelectric plant further down. So, there was always water in the river, so you could always dive in and have a swim and stuff. Anyway, the long and the short of this is... We set off in my dad's battered old Riley 1100 with stuff on the roof, stuff in the boot. This Riley 1100 was getting sufficiently rusty that my dad had hand-painted it with hammerite paint. <laughs> A nice bronzy sort of colour. So anyway, we're, we bat along and there we are. We arrive in the Randy Muin and we set up camp. Now I am 14, okay, at this time. My brother is about 10 and a half. And the whole, the, the, the idea was going to be that, that because it, it, was a bit, it was day of arriving, setting up camp and everything, we wouldn't have much of, a, of a, a feast in the evening. It would just be sausages, sort of beans and bread or something like that. So we've set up camp and my dad, we're thinking, yeah, we'll have a bit of dinner, you know, we're all getting a bit peckish. And my dad says to me, or to us, Oh, no, we haven't got any oil or fat for cooking the sausages. We're going to fry them, you see. Now, I have to just... <laughs> We're Thomases, okay? The major point of any kind of a meal to a Thomas is the meat component of that meal. <laughs> Vegetables and carbs and stuff like that are merely the periphery that are necessary to eat a balanced diet. A balanced diet, personally, would be a steak in each hand. <laughs> and so there was a moment panic, you know, as I glance into my brother's eyes that, hang on a minute, the sausages might be disappearing from this feast that we're about, you know, the point of the meal is about to be removed, you know, the meat component, which is a little bit questionable as we're talking about sausages anyway, but... So I say, to redeem this situation and save my brother from, you know, deep despair, I, hang on, we could cook them in butter. We've got butter, to which my dad says, you really think you could cook sausages in butter? Easily, Dad. That's not a problem. <laughs> All right, he says. And then these words leave his lips. Well, I'll leave you with that bit then, shall I? Fine, Dad, leave that with me. Now, why, why my dad 
would think a 14-year-old boy is capable of cooking sausages in butter. Uh, I, I do not know. Maybe he thinks, I had earlier that year, actually, uh, I, I had completed, Wendy, control yourself, please. I had completed the Duke of Edinburgh Award at bronze level. Hey. Not just anybody up here, you know. So, and if any, anybody done Duke of Edinburgh Awards? Yes, there are five of us. Essentially, what you have to do is it, there's a, like about three components. One of them is a personal achievement part of it, which you have to do over certain weeks or whatever. Another one is a bit of a community-based thing, so you have to be like help with a youth group or something like that. And then part of it is where you go off, after you, you're, you're dropped somewhere in a car, you're given a map and a compass and told you've got to find yourself to there and set up camp, and then you're meant to cater for yourself and stuff. And then the following day, you take strike camp, take it all down, and then you hike another 10 miles, and then you're picked up, and you've completed that sort of bit of outward bounds type thing. So my dad might have thought that we somehow had catered while we were doing the Duke of Edinburgh war thing. See, that's a little bit of a problem there as well, because we always used to get dropped off, and we had to walk to a little place called Kinston, which is not just the other side of, of um, Corfe Castle. And anybody who knows Kingston at all will know that there is one place which needs visiting in there. The Scott Arms, thank you. So we would get dropped off with our map and our compass. We would hike our 12 miles we, to this field. We would set up camp. Teacher would arrive to check we were all there and we hadn't lost anybody. And that we and, and someone would have a tin of beans balanced on a little cala gas thing warming up to make it look like we were going to eat. And then teacher would clear off and we'd go straight out of the Scott Arms, have a bite to eat and a couple of beers. I mean, that is, I mean, it's is 76. They'd, pay, they'd sell beer to anybody back then. So my dad must have thought he knows how to cook. So he says to me, that's fine. Well, I'll leave the sausages with you then. Fine by me, dad. Fine by me. So... I start melting butter in the pan. Lovely smell, melting butter. <laughs> Wendy, please. <laughs> I start melting butter in the pan, which is a lovely smell, isn't it? That melting... You know, if when I start cooking, I nearly always fry a few onions in butter. That smell just, you know... So you're salivating now. You're thinking, you know, dinner's coming, you know. And my brother's really hungry. And I said, you hungry? And he says, yeah, I am. I said, yeah, let's cook these quick then, you know. So I got the old butter going and in go the sausages. About five minutes later, I say to Dad, Dad, these are looking about done to me. I think we're all right. Beans are barely warmed through, you know. So I say, you'll turn that up as well then. And uh, the bottom of the pan regretted that. But So we hook one out, which is going a little black on the outside and that, and we cut through it. And my dad looks in, <laughs> looks in and he goes, that's a bit pink in the middle. And I think I got away by saying, yeah, yeah, but it is pig, Dad. <laughs> now, I would just like you to know that actually we ate them and none of us suffered any ill effects, which is very good because there were three blokes camping with one porta potty in it in a little toilet tent in temperatures of 80 plus, you know, so 
We, we were absolutely fine. But my point is this. My point is this. And that is the point. My point is this. When you're ready. You see, you see, my point is this. A God-cooked sausage is an even colour all the way through. A God-cooked sausage would not have a slightly blackened, crispy shell with a soft pink innards. It, it would be an even colour all the way through. It's worth waiting for to do it properly. It will be cooked thoroughly. And it might take 20 minutes under the grill. And you have to be patient. Even a 14-year-old and a 10-year-old. A well-cooked sausage is better than a crispy on the outside and somewhat raw sausage meat on the inside. So, with the promises of God, you cannot just crank the heat up and think, let's cook these quickly. There is a process. There is a process, and you will forever remember the fruit of the spirit of patience is now related to sausages. You will understand that, won't you? You've got it. Thank you, Jill. Thank you. Okay. And, I re- and, and seriously, there is a word here because that word, that patience, it is through faith and patience, they inherit the promises. And there are promises, even in this room, and there might be, might be that, that the Lord's given you scriptures. It might be prophetic words that he's spoken over you, and you've not seen that come to pass yet. Abraham, it was 25 years. I don't want to depress anyone. It, but, but it was 25 years. And it might have been an impossible word. And sometimes if that word comes and it's an impossible word, you know, to your natural thinking, there is no way that can happen. God is a God who can, who can grow our hope, who can grow our faith, and, and work within us a fruit of patience which just wears the enemy down because we don't let go. We stand on the word. We hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. He is bigger. He is faithful. And that, that, let him work that patience in and enjoy a well-cooked sausage. I'll leave it there. It's ten past nine. Thank you very much. Oh, Michael, thank you. What an amazing word. Bless you for that. Thank you.